0: I just want to turn to Romans 5. I'm not going to speak very long on this. Uh, Verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed, because of the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us." I just want to talk, because Carl has mentioned a few times about the hope. We have a great hope. Jesus is returning. He's returning soon. But you know, beyond just that hope, Jesus said we were going to have tribulation. <laughs> you know, and you know, that's not a message talked about very much in America. <laughs> America wants us to all think, you know, you get saved and everything's going to be good. You're going to have nothing but, you know, smooth sailing from that point on. Only problem is if you believe that, you find out that that very quickly is a lie. You know, now with God in my heart, I'm able to endure all the the issues that happen. And I have peace that passes understanding, but there are tribulations that come. And Paul here gives a great description of why those tribulations come. He says that we are justified first by faith. This is the message that Luther understood when he broke away from the Catholic Church, The just shall live by faith, that we are saved by faith, not by works, not by righteousness acts that we do. And this is something that we all have to understand. You know, it is so easy to think, well, you know, unfortunately in churches we do the same thing. We get saved by faith, we get, you know, it's all by grace, and then what do we try to do? We try to earn our salvation. We try to show everybody how good I am, how perfect I am, how I'm walking with God. And, you know, we will be changed. Don't get me wrong, we will be changed. When God lives in our hearts, we will become more like him. But it's not to make everybody think of how wonderful I am and how good I am and how great I am. It's because he's changing who I am, and he's executing the flesh. And it says we're justified by faith. And that word justify is so perfect because that means that God declares us perfect. Have you thought about that? When you get saved, God in heaven says you're perfect. And I've said this many times in our church. What if we started treating each other the way God sees us? instead of judging one another criticizing one another if we started treating everybody the way God sees his children we'd be better off you know, uh, now I know it's easy to judge people it's easy to judge ourselves but you know that's not our job our job is to love one another it's God's job to con- to convict us of our sin and to change us now we may speak the truth and when I'm as a pastor I'm gonna say that certain things are sin and if that steps on people's toes it steps on people's toes usually I'm stepping on my own toes as much as I am anybody else's but you know our job is not to judge the sinner you know I, I share with people all the time you know one thing that doesn't surprise me is when sinners sin doesn't surprise me at all when a sinner sins Now, if they're a lost person, it really doesn't surprise me because that's who they are. When a Christian sins, it doesn't surprise me because we're sinners. It may sadden me to a degree, but it doesn't surprise me. We're justified by faith, not our own works. And then he says, you know, that we have access by faith to the grace wherein we stand. We stand by God's grace. How many times have you used the word grace without really thinking about what grace means? Now we have a simple acronym and I've shared it before. It's an acronym for grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. and that's a, good ac- that's a good acronym as far as it goes. It's too simplistic, but at least it tells us that we have nothing without Christ having paid for it. But do you realize what we have access to? The very throne of God, all the riches of God, all the peace, all the strength of God, is at our disposal. You know, and this is an amazing thing. When we look at the scriptures and we look at all the saints that have been, you know, your heroes, whoever whoever your hero is in the Bible, think about all the hard times that they went through. How many times do we wanna have all the blessings that they had without the hard times? Now, none of them would have been who they were without the hard times that came along. Now, I've grown up most of my life with Christ. I got saved when I was 10 years old, so I've been walking with God for 50 years. And the one thing I have learned over 50 years is that there's a lot of hard times. But you know what? God is always faithful. He's always faithful to be there. And this is what this verse he says, We glory in tribulation. Now I'm sure if you're like me, the very first thing you think of when you have hard times is thank you, Jesus, for this, for this trial. <laughs> now which should be. The Bible tells us that that should be our attitude. It's not usually our attitude. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, we're told, In everything give thanks for this is the will of Christ Jesus in, in God concerning you. You know, in everything. But, you know, I know, believe me, I understand. It's easy to say, God, why? I'm not happy. Gripe, complain. But while you're in that griping and complaining, you're not walking with God. (laughs) You know, and we need to get to the place where we go quickly to thank you. And anybody who knows me knows my favorite verse, Romans 8, 28, for all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That verse, if you truly believe that verse, when you go into trials, you may not understand why you're going through the trial, and I don't understand why I'm in most of my trials. But you know, my prayer is, God, I don't understand, but you have promised it will be for good. Sometimes you're at the end of your rope, and that's the only knot that you're holding on to, that God, you promised that this is for good. And always remember, there's one word that we try to put in there, and everybody in the church knows what word we try to put in there. You know, we all want to put in there, for all things work together for my good. That is not in the verse. <laughs> all things work together for good, or for the you know versions have it as who's good God's good which usually if I'm tucked away into his will is also for my good eventually but it may not be for good at that point there have been things that happened in my life that weren't necessarily for my good but as I served God through pain through effort others looked on and were blessed by what I went through God was exalted through it and I'm sure if you look at your life, there's times when you've gone through hardships and maybe God has shown you why you've gone through it. If not, you know what he's going to do? When you get to heaven, he'll show you why you went through what you went through. You know, and Carl has brought it out, you this is not our home. All right. If you're looking for joy, peace, happiness in this life, you're not going to find it. And if you do, something's wrong. Because this is not our home. Heaven is our home. Tribulation produces patience. Now, you know what? People have told me in the past, don't pray for patience. You know what? It doesn't matter whether I pay for patience or not. God's going to teach me patience. Because he knows something very important about us as human beings. We're impatient. (laughs) We live in time. You know, most of our prayers we pray to God is, God, give me this yesterday. (laughs) You know, uh, tomorrow's really too late. Right this instance, really too late. God, give it to me yesterday. And God is saying, I'm going to give it to you when you need it. And he's wanting to make sure we're trusting in him. Patience produces experience. Have you ever talked to somebody and realized that what you have gone through is just what you needed to be able to reach them? Because now you can empathize with them, you can be able to understand where they're from. God puts these, through these things so that we have experience to be able to share. You know, I, I've had times, because like I said, I got saved when I was 10 years old and I pretty much have followed God all my life. When people talk to me about, you know, some of their problems, I really have trouble sometimes empathizing with them in many of those things other than one fact. I have to deal with sin. <laughs> you know, I have to deal with sin, which everything that people deal with is because of sin. And, you know, if we really come down to the fact that my sin may be different than their sin, but it's still sin, the same answer. Sin needs to be crucified with Christ. I need to confess my sin, and I need to have God take it out of me but it's important that I sit back and say God you are the one that answers this and experience gives hope experience gives hope why do we get hope from experience because we know that God was faithful in the past he'll be faithful the next time we go through something yeah. I believe in Romans 8, 28, because everything I've gone through, God has turned around for good and brought me out on the other side. So I now know that the next thing I go through, God is still going to be faithful. Why do I know he's going to be faithful? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He has a plan. And the great news is God already knew whatever comes my way, he already knew it was coming. Now I kind of wish sometimes that he would let a little less come my way. And I know you all know that same story, you know God, uh, you know, I understand this might be for good, but God could you give me a little less? <laughs> less trials, less tr- tr- troubles. But you know, God is never going to say, "Well, gee, I didn't know that was coming." He already knows. He is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere but he is also every time. God already knows where we're going to be because he's already there. When we get to the future, God is already in the future because he is everywhere outside of time. And as I've said, he's with Adam and Eve right at this moment, he's with us right at this moment, and he is in the millennial kingdom at this moment, and he's actually in the new creation at this moment. So when God says we are perfect, and declares us perfect he's dealing with us as we will be but as he sees us because he's the eternal and he produces this hope and hope makes us not be ashamed all because of his love shed for us you know Jesus came to this world he became flesh to die for our sins I don't know if you've ever thought about what an amazing thought that that is, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Even more so, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit got together before they even created man said, we're going to create man, they're going to send Jesus, will you die? Jesus said yes, and at that moment he was the lamb slain. Even before men were created, and he said yes. And then he goes to the cross and what does he tell Pilate? Pilate says, you know, you're in my hands. He goes, no, you have no power. You know, I could call 10 legions of angels to deliver me. And I picture the angel standing all in heaven saying, looking at the father saying, why are you letting these insignificant created beings do these terrible things to you? I can see them straining at the bit, you know, just, you know, when are you going to call for us? You know, how can you let, these, let this happen? They didn't understand the full plan either. And he died for us. Never take for granted the cost of your salvation. Never take for granted the high cost of what it took to get us to be accepted by God. It is easy to forget. It is easy to, to say, oh well, I'm just saved. The God of heaven came down in flesh and was put on the cross by human beings that he could have just spoke a word and they would have no longer existed and died so that we could go to heaven we want to keep this in remembrance and I'm not going to go long and I promise not to go long because we want to finish this and it's way past our normal time But if there is anybody that is here in this room, or because we post this on the internet, is on the internet that's listening and doesn't know Jesus, today is the day to know him. Carl has already mentioned a couple of times during the singing, today, get to know him. You know, If you don't know him, confess that you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Confess that you deserve punishment, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, and accept that sacrifice of Jesus Christ and ask him, Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. Come into my life and forgive me. And then contact some Christian and let them know that you've talked that. I'm, talk to me, Carl. Those on the internet, the tag on there will tell you how to reach us <laughs> you know, and contact us. And that's what I have. And I'm going to close with prayer and then we're going to sing a last song here. Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord, if there's anybody that needs to know you, we ask that you touch their heart at this moment. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listening friends, where will you be when you die? We ask this question of a lot of people oftentimes and the biggest answer we'll get is, I hope I will be in heaven. If hope is your answer, you don't know God and that's is a problem. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you do not know for sure that you're going to go into heaven, please, today, make your decision to follow him. It is simply just ask him, Lord, I am a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make him your Lord. If you've said that prayer, let us know so that we can send you a new believers packet. You can contact us at office at chloridebaptistchurch.com or even pastor at chloridebaptistchurch.com or you can just send us a regular letter at chloride Baptist Church, P.O. Box 65, Chloride, Arizona. 86431. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.